CE family! You know what, it might be your first time with us and it may be that we see you each week, but we are so glad to see each of you right here today. So grateful that you're joining us. You know, you may have a prayer request or it may be your first time with us and you want to get connected. Just go ahead to our Church Experience website, go to the Connect section and you can fill out a form and we'll hear right from you and can get connected with you. But as for right now, let's go ahead and dive into today's worship, and I can't wait for the message right afterwards. Let's enjoy today together. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the way. I don't want to be afraid I don't want to be afraid I don't want to fear the storm Just because I hate you I don't want to fear the storm I don't want to fear the storm gonna be afraid cause these waves are open waves I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna fear the storm you are greater than it's wrong
you for that peace this morning. We thank you that you've covered us in your peace. God, we just worship you and we lift up our hearts to you right now. I pray that you continue to move in our hearts as, as the service goes on and you'd speak to us through the word and, and through conversations with others. And God, we give you all the glory and all the praise. We love you, Lord. Amen. What's up, guys? This is Pastor Greg from uh, Lead Pastor Church Experience Bradenton. I want to thank you all for joining us uh, this morning. What a blessing it has been all year long. And here we are at the end of an incredible year, the beginning of a new year, and, and, and we're here to celebrate. You know, we're here to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what a blessing it is to, to be listening right now. I want to welcome all my online guests and, and everyone here. What a blessing it is to be standing in this moment. I am just grateful. Let every person with breath in their lungs praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a blessing it is to just be standing here today in the face of so much adversity throughout all of 2021. You made it. You made it. You made it. And it's not by accident. It is all on purpose. God has allowed you to live. So let's just give God what is due to him. Let's give him the praise that he deserves. Let's give him the honor and the glory that he deserves. Because many of us, all of us, know somebody that has been directly impacted over 2021. Know somebody that has, has been sick and, and didn't make it. Or maybe sick right now. But here we are, standing tall, and it's only by the grace of God. And I would not be doing you any service at all if I did not take time to honor God for allowing us to live another day. So let's just thank him. Let's thank him for who he is. Let's thank him for what he's done. What an honor and a privilege it is to be standing here today. Just, just a blessing, an absolute blessing. And on behalf of Church Experience, I just want to thank you all uh, for listening, for, for being here and being, being dedicated to, to devoting some time out of your schedule in this season to worship the Lord, to worship him. And that is exactly what we're here to do. Today we're going to be uh, going straight out of the book of Matthew. Um, and gosh, I'm excited for what the Lord has, has laid on my heart. I'm just excited. Um, so if you would, 
Power on your Bibles, uh, cut it on your phone, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse 21. Matthew chapter 15, starting in verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Your request is granted. Today, I want to talk on the subject of, will you eat the crumbs? Will you eat the crumbs? Will you eat the crumbs? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we get to gather here today. And Lord, it's been, it's been a challenging year for most of us. And we've had so many different uncertainties as we, we try to navigate through the new times and the new era and, and, and try, to, try to really live out a way, a life that is honoring to you. And Lord, we don't take these days for granted. We know that it's only by privilege that we can be here today listening to you. And Lord, as we enter into a new season, as we enter into a new year, may we be focused completely on you because we know that it is impossible for us to be here if it wasn't for you to allow it. So, Lord, as we listen to your word, we just ask that you shape us, that you send us on a trajectory of a life that is pleasing to you. Lord, let the words of my mouth in the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I tell you what, the holiday season is, is, is absolutely amazing. It's, it's incredible, especially these times of the year. Uh, I know all of us um, have had different ways of, of, of the, this season impacting us. And for me personally, I absolutely love it, uh, primarily because of the food. <laughs> I love the food, you know, hence the body shape. I love the food. And man, my wife Connie Ray can throw down in the kitchen, like for real though. And so she's always baking, you know, the, the, the uh, pineapple upside down cake, the strawberry shortcake, the pound cake, the pecan pie, sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie, you know, all of these things from the cookies and the red velvet cake, and it just keeps on and on and on. I think about how much she does in the kitchen, and I absolutely love it. 
I mean, love it. The problem is my body will speak back to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> how many of you know that when you start to eat sweets like that, um, well, those of you that are, are 40 years old and older know a little bit better than our younger people, but man, like, it will pack on some weight. And so, you know, my, my family kind of keeps tabs on me about that. And my children, uh, my daughter will ask me, yo, Dad, why is your stomach so big? <laughs> Bless her heart. And I'm like, it's because your mom's good cooking. That's what happened, you know. It's, it's your mom's fault. Um, but truth be told, I love the food. I love it. And, you know, my wife made some pound cake. She made, like, 30 of them, and she sells them uh, throughout the season. And, and uh, man, I remember coming home from work one night, and she had packaged up all of her pound cakes, and, and there was uh, two of them left over. And, and so she told me, you know, she already packaged up the ones that, that we were getting rid of and, and giving away, and uh, that there were two out there that was, that was left. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're chilling at night, you know, hanging out, watching a movie or whatever, and uh, she falls asleep. And so I go into the kitchen, right? And you guys know where this is going, man, the devil. The devil is a lie. You know, I'm trying to avoid it. I'm going to the fridge, trying to get me a little milk, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking over here in the cabinets, but that cake kept calling my name. Like, it kept calling my name. I'm like, man, wow. So, needless to say, I lost the battle. <laughs> and I start digging in. Like, I am going in on this pound cake. Like, no tomorrow. Like, just killing it, right? And before I know it, almost the whole cake is gone. I'm like, no, 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 you know? And, and so I go back to bed and... And um, the next morning, Connie Ray comes in and says, you know, we, I think we might have mice in the house. I said, you think so? Why? Why would he, we have mice in the house? She said, yeah, because I came in the kitchen this morning and there was crumbs all over the table and stuff. I said, man, we got to call it a, a rodent getter or something. What's, what's up with all those, those crumbs? You know, who did that? <laughs> And, um, yeah, <laughs> but those crumbs were the evidence of something being left over, right? And what do you do with the crumbs? What do you do with the crumbs? Who will eat the crumbs? Who will eat the crumbs? Have you guys had a meal or something and that was really delicious? And then there's, there's crumbs left over. Who's going to eat the, the, the residue, the leftovers, the stuff that's, that's left aside? Who's going to eat that? See, where we come to in this text, in the book of Matthew, we're going to kind of dive into this subject of, of, of who will eat the crumbs. And, and in Matthew alone, you have to understand... The, the, the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which are the synoptic gospels, um, they all have a, a target audience. And, and in the book of Mark, 
Mark goes towards, towards Christians. He's, he's straightforward. Um, he kind of puts Jesus in the back burner and, and gives you Jesus' teachings. In, in the book of Luke, Luke was written to the Gentiles. So he's appealing to the Gentile audience. Um, but in Matthew, Matthew is to the Jews. Matthew is written to the Jewish audience. And one thing about Matthew is he is pointing to the Messiah. It is all about Jesus. And it goes into the Jewish heritage from the beginning of the book of Matthew. He, he talks about how he, uh, the lineage of, of Jesus with Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, and, and then it goes on to Jesus' birth, what we just celebrated. You know, the, the Messiah is here. And, and, and the Jewish people, they were all awaiting this Messiah coming to the earth, right? The, the, the king of kings will be born, and we will reign with an army and come in and overtake the Roman community. This is what it was about. The Messiah is here. Only one problem their idea of the Messiah was not the same idea as the Father. And when Jesus came and he was born, he was born in mediocre surroundings. Beggarly, if you would. We just celebrated. He was born in a manger. He wasn't born in this grandiose mansion or kingdom. He was born in a manger. And Jesus grew up, Luke 2.52, he grew up growing in wisdom and stature and gaining uh, favor with, with men and God. He grew up as a child. And then his cousin, uh, John the Baptist, was preaching repentance. And John the Baptist had more regard than, than Jesus did in those times. And then here comes Jesus. And all throughout the book of Matthew from, from John, uh, uh, John the Baptist gets, gets captured and, and he's in prison. And Jesus begins to, to teach, which is uh, famously known as the Sermon on the Mount, all through chapter 5, 6, and 7. He, he's teaching this upside-down kingdom is, is not what you look like, you know. If, if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out. If your hand causes you to steal, cut it off type of things. And the Jewish people began to reject him. And Matthew was putting this on, on center stage. Jesus would perform miracle after miracle, letting the blind see and, and, and the lame walk and people getting cleansed from lep leprosy and people being raised from the dead. And after each encounter, you'll see Matthew say, but the Pharisees had a problem. A blind man could see, but the Pharisees didn't like that. And it came to the point where anytime Jesus did anything, they rejected it. His own people. God sent Jesus to the Jewish people. He was their Messiah, and they were rejecting him. They were rejecting him. And then you go on in the scripture and you see that John the Baptist was 
beheaded. Now the Jewish leaders are, are really coming after Jesus. They, they want to shut Jesus down because Jesus didn't come into the kingdom as if they wanted it. It wasn't what they pictured of who the Messiah would be. Not this Nazarene. No, no. And so they wanted to shut Jesus down. One of Jesus' biggest spokesperson, John the Baptist, gets beheaded. And they, uh, the, the, the Jewish leaders begin to embark on, on ways to, to shut him down. And then you go to uh, chapter 11, verse 21. And this is very important. While they were trying to shut Jesus down, Jesus begins to speak to them. And he says, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, then they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. He says, he says, woe to you, Jewish people. If, if, if I would have gone over to the Gentiles, and did what I did in front of you, they would have repented and followed me a long time ago. What is your problem? Why are you rejecting your own Messiah? And Matthew brings it out and brings it to light how much rejection from religion they have. And you move on and, and you begin to see Jesus begin to, to rebuke them for their traditions. They had so many traditions that they forgot about who God is and what the Torah, the Word of God says, and they would follow their traditions more than they would follow the Word of God. In chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus says, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots Leave them, they are blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. He's fed up with them. He's fed up with them. He's saying, you know what? You, you, you're the religious, religious leaders of the Jews, but you're blind yourself. And how can the blind lead the blind? All of y'all are going to fall. It's all going to be shut down. I'm done. I've tried everything with you, and you're still rejecting the Messiah that God has sent you? I'm fed up. And he was in Galilee, and he begins to travel 50 miles north to Tyre and Sidon. And that's where we pick up in our scripture, starting in verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And remember, in in chapter 11, verse 21, he said, hey, man, if I go to them, boy, even though they, they're not Jewish, they will repent. They will receive that message. And it's as if Jesus is, is really bringing it to fruit, that he wasn't just talking. He meant what he said. And so he goes over to Tyre and Sidon. He travels northwest to Tyre and Sidon which is Gentile territory, the people that are literally the enemies of the Jews. And he goes, in verse 22, 
a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. A, a, a Canaanite woman. See, see Matthew is, is bringing up old language. At this time, they didn't even uh, uh, consider them Canaanite. They were, they were basically Phoenician women. And in Mark's account of this same story, they, they call her Phoenician, which is more current with the times. But Matthew wanted to bring to light who this woman was. And in Jewish heritage, in, in history, and those of us that are, are Bible students understand that when Matthew says Canaanite woman, he's bringing out people that were in the complete rejection of the Jewish people. A Canaanite? A Canaanite approaches a Jewish rabbi. Wow. He's going in on them. He's breaking their traditions. And Jesus was a tradition breaker. Jesus didn't follow the rhetoric of the crowd. Jesus was the fall. He was the one that led off. He wasn't a follower of the crowd. He didn't go with the wind. He broke tradition all the time. He was radical. And not only was it a Canaanite, it was a woman at that. A woman approaching a Jewish rabbi in itself is wrong in tradition. First of all, most of the rabbis never had any women followers. In fact, when they gathered, they would teach the men, and the men would go home to tell their women, their wives, about what was taught. But Jesus had always had a concern for women. Throughout his entire ministry, he served women. And this was against the current and the tradition of the Jewish religion. So this Canaanite woman approaches Jesus and, and listen to what she says. Listen to what she says. She says, uh, and the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. She's a Canaanite woman. Son of David is a term for Jewish people. She is recognizing Jesus as the Messiah of the Jews, as the Messiah of a God that she didn't even grow up with. So there's an unspoken person in this story. There's an unspoken person. Who told her about Jesus? Who told her about Jesus? Someone had to tell her about this Jesus that she's approaching as the son of David. Who told her? Which brings me to my first point. Never stop telling people about Jesus. Never stop telling people about Jesus. It had reached 50 miles north of Israel that, that there was this, this Messiah, this, this God that can help and heal the sick and, 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 and cleanse the leopard and, and bring people back to life. And somebody must have told this Canaanite woman about who Jesus is and the power he possessed. And she said, out of desperation, I've got to get him. You're the son of David. I heard the stories. I'm coming to you. I'm Desperate, it's my daughter. Lord, have mercy on me. Son of David. Those are those desperate prayers. 
Those are those fervent prayers. As a pastor, I, I see it all the time. Where when people pray, it's, it's more of a, of a ritual. It's more of something that you, you, you just do. But when people are desperate, oh, come on now, y'all ain't going to talk to me. Have you ever prayed to God desperate? Have you ever left everything on the table and cried out to God because you knew that nothing in this world could help you but him? Your prayers were different, wasn't it? And this woman is desperate. Desperate. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Pay attention to this woman's posture. She says, Lord, have mercy on me. And she's going to the Lord for her on behalf of her daughter. This is intercessory prayer. When you pray to God for someone else, do you really approach the throne personally? This woman is teaching us about the great faith of prayer. And she's desperate. How many parents in the room, how many mothers are listening that can relate to a desperate feeling of your child. I remember being in, in uh, going down to Miami Beach. I had some in-laws in town, and, and we're hanging out, we're chilling. We lived in, in Vero Beach at the time, and they, they came down from Carolina, and, and they wanted to check out uh, Miami Beach. So we drove down to Miami Beach, right? And those of you that have been down there know that it's, it's an active area. It's, it's very busy. So while we're out there chilling with the flip-flops, you know, we're getting some, well, my wife is getting some sun. I'm trying to hide from it. But anyway, we're chilling, and there was this famous lady out there. I can't remember her name. And so we're, we're, we're like, wow, that's her. My wife knew her. So we all run down to her, and we're taking selfies, and we're hanging out, and we're chilling. And uh, next thing I know, I look around, and I say, where's Gregory? My oldest son, where is he at? And I'm looking down the shoreline and I can't see my son. And my stomach, my, my, my heart began to drop in my stomach and I began to get frantic. Where's my son? And I'm yelling, Gregory, where you at? Where you at? My wife is crying. She's on her knees crying. And I'm, I'm wondering where's he at? And 20 minutes has gone by. I've called police. I've called everybody. I'm going, I'm going around frantic. I'm desperate. I'm scared. This woman was desperate. We found them. That the, the famous lady uh, called out some people and helicopters came and he kept walking down the shore, but buddy, we were desperate. That was no joke. I'm reminded of, of an eight-year-old that was born with only two chambers in his heart. And he made it to eight, and the doctor said he wouldn't make it to eight right now. He's 12. And he asked me to baptize him, and his mom was like, PG, please. He looks up to you. He loves you. 
can you relate to this woman? Her daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And Jesus did not answer a word. Jesus did not answer a word. Which brings me to my second point. The silence of God is time for worship. The silence of God is, is time for worship. Can you imagine this woman rehearsing how she's going to address this, this son of David that she was told about and doesn't even really understand what son of David means, but she knows that's the way that, that you would approach this person. Somebody had told her that, and, and she's desperate for her daughter, and, and, and she goes to this, this Messiah, and she's crying out, and he says, nothing. Not a word. Have you prayed? Are you asking God for something? And he's quiet? What do you do when you're, you're begging and asking God for mercy and you're hearing nothing? here to tell you today that the silence of God is a time for worship. Look at what she does. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He says, after us. If, if, you, if you read what she said, Lord, son of David, not us, but the disciples are taking it personally. She's crying out after us. And we have to understand the heart of Jesus. Anytime you have looked at Jesus and someone cried out to Jesus, Jesus was quick to lay his hands and, 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 and free that person of, of, of all the issues. Why isn't Jesus going ahead and doing this? So the disciples are in this situation like, man, this lady is annoying. She ain't going nowhere. Jesus, what you going to do? Say something to her. And Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke. He spoke. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. He spoke, which brings me to my third point, which is be excited to hear from God regardless of the answer. Be excited to hear from God regardless of the answer. See, Jesus told her, he was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel, right? He didn't answer her prayer. He didn't, he didn't even really acknowledge that. What he said was, woman, I am on mission to my people. God the Father sent me down to my people. I am here for the house of Israel. This is my mission. But he had gone up to Tyre and Sidon, didn't he? He was frustrated with these religious leaders, didn't he? Didn't he say that, that, that the people, even the old Gentiles up north in Tyre and Sidon, would, would even, even worship me better than you religious leaders? Didn't he say that? So this response must have been for the disciples. 
this response must have been for us. Be on mission. Be on mission. Even Paul said in, his, in, in the, in the uh, Roman letter that, that for I am not ashamed of the gospel, that I'm here to preach it to the Jew first, then the Gentile. So Jesus is just reiterating what he was here to do, what his mission was. Verse 25, the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. She got so excited that, that God said something. Jesus said something to her. Oh, she got excited. Oh, she was on fire. Oh, what did she do? It wasn't what I heard, Lord, but you said something. God wants you to know today that he hears your prayers, and he is right next to you, and he is not going to leave you, and he is not going to forsake you. So keep on praying, and when you get that one answer, regardless of what he says, it's time to worship. And that is exactly what this woman does. In the Greek, it says, she fell down and worshiped. Jesus said, woman, I was, I was sent for the lost sheep of Israel. She worshiped. And might I pause here and speak to my young people in this fast-paced, shake-and-bake generation where everything is predictable? where you can go on your cell phone and click up and click left and click right and everything goes your way, what do you do when it doesn't? What do you do when it doesn't? What do you do when your boss says no? What do you do when, when times get hard? What do you do when you get in an argument? What do you do when you're first married and, 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 and your, your spouse doesn't turn out to be what you expected? Do you quit? Do you run? No. This Canaanite woman basically got a no. And look what she did. She worshiped him. She worshiped him. She came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. It wasn't this long, grandiose prayer. It was, Lord, help me. And again, she's interceding for her daughter, but she's asking Jesus to help her. This is what intercessory prayer is all about to you take it personal when you pray for someone do you take it personal to the point where you're asking God to bless you on behalf of someone else Jesus replied see he hit the heart she hit the heart string <laughs> she began to worship him Lord, help me, he replied. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord. You're right, Jesus. 
She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Yes, Lord, you're, you're master, you're right. You're right, I'm a dog. Whatever you want to call me, Lord, whatever it is, you're right. I accept it, whatever you call me, because you're Lord. You're right. But hey, even the people, all the people of Israel that you're trying to bless and that you're sent out to, 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 to bless, and, and they're rejecting you. I know there's some leftovers. And Lord, I will eat those crumbs. I will eat those crumbs. And I know many of you are thinking, did Jesus just call this woman a dog? <laughs> like, what's up with that? For real? Yeah, it's real. You have to understand the, the language, though, in, in the Greek. So the Gentiles, the Canaanite people, were considered dogs. You know, they would call, you know, the, the, the Gentile people like vicious dogs. And, and in that era, dogs would run in packs and they were wild and they were scavengers and they would hurt people and, and, and it was, they were just nasty people. But Jesus doesn't use the Greek word kuon here. He uses the Greek word kuanon, which is puppy. Puppy. It's not right for me to, you know, take all my food. I'm at the table with my kids and everything. It's not right for me to take my plate off of the table of my kids and set it down on the ground and let the puppy eat it. That's what Jesus is saying. And any one of us would be the same way. We wouldn't give the children food to the puppy. Right? That's not who the food was for. The food was for Israel. The food was for the house of Israel. But something told Jesus to come up to Tyre and Sidon to this woman. And the crumbs. The crumbs. Oh, those crumbs. Will you eat the crumbs? Which brings me to my last and final point. A little from Jesus will always be more than enough. A little from Jesus will always be more than enough. A little of Jesus will always be a more of the, you don't need a whole lot of Jesus. You just need a little bit of Jesus, and that's all you will ever need to reach your destiny. Will you eat the crumbs? Who's going to eat the crumbs? Who's going to eat the leftovers? Who's going to leave, eat what Jesus has left behind? Whose hunger and thirst is for righteousness? Who's going to eat the crumbs? What tenacity of this woman. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. Her daughter was healed at that moment. At that moment, her daughter was healed. What about you? What about you? Are you healed? You've been praying for so long. You've been asking God to 
bless you in different areas of your life. All of us have some type of infirmity. The question is, are the crumbs enough? Are you willing to take the crumbs? You say, uh, Pastor, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but, but understand that, 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 that I can't walk. I'm, I'm in a wheelchair. But you can talk. You might not can kneel down, but you can yell out and praise. In this year moving forward, I want to challenge all of us to exhibit great faith like this Canaanite woman, to persist in prayer, to worship God despite the circumstances. And when we don't hear what we want to hear, to worship him even harder. Because that pulls on the heartstrings of God. Imagine a world where we all worship God, where we all persist in prayer, where we all keep moving forward with the Lord despite what it looks like. We all have that opportunity. We all should be eating from the crumbs. That's what's up. That's what's up. Thank you, Lord, for this story that we get. Thank you for all that you have impacted. Thank you for allowing us to, to, to see another day. Thank you for allowing us to, to go into another year. Lord, we don't take anything for granted. We thank you for all that you've left behind. We know that a little bit of you will be more than enough for our lifetime. So, Father, we thank you for all the little things. We thank you for the yeses and the noes. We worship you despite any circumstance. We know that all things work to the good of those that love you and are called to your purposes. So, Father, we thank you for the crumbs. And, Lord, we are willing to glean and eat off of those crumbs any day. And we thank you in advance for what you are about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what a great day it has been. I'm so thankful that we were able to spend time as a CE family, growing in our faith, learning about Jesus, and spending time in worship together. You know, there are so many ways that you can get connected. You may say, this is my church experience family, but I have some questions or it's my first time and I would love to get connected. We can answer all of that and get to know you at Church Experience website on the Connect section if you'll just stop right by there. You know, another way to stay connected with us is to check out the Church Experience website in depth. You can get some CE merch there if that would be fun for you. You can learn about events that are coming up. You can even learn about the church's history and what we believe. So many great things on that website. Make sure you take time to check that out. We can't wait to see you again next week for another great service. So glad you came today. We'll see you.